Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. All right. Well, this morning we want to continue on this focus that we have already, talking about our nation. And I want to tell you the story about this man, a mission, a memorial, and his mustache. Check out this picture right here. This is General John A. Logan. And this is a man who I envy mainly for his mustache, but also there's a few other things that he accomplished in his life that we want to talk about. General John Logan was in the staff of General William T. Sherman, and he served in the U.S. Army and the Union Army. Mike, I wanted to find somebody from the Army, right? We want to represent. Oh, yeah. Oh, ever ready. <laughs> he said that they're always ready and they've never lost a world war. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. We're undefeated in world championships, aren't we? Um, I also like, Mike, that you brought your whole fan club over there in uh, the East Wing. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, this is a man that fought in the Mexican and American War in the U.S. Army and then in the Union Army in the Civil War. Upon his return from the Mexican and American Army, he returns back home to Illinois and he goes into state government. He begins to run um, for, the, for the U.S. Senate and for a seat in the House as a Democrat in 1858. This is a man that wants to represent his state and to try to do something good in his community. He was a man who was a great orator. He was a communicator and a speaker that was rallying people around this idea that the Civil War was not bad and to defend these things that we wanted to set free uh, a nation and to, and to liberate people really from a broken mindset to set free slaves. Um, he staunchly defended the Union during these months that were leading up to the Civil War. And because of his oratorical skills, he swayed millions of people, or I'm sorry, he, he swayed many of uh, his constituents to change their views and to support the Union. In 1861, Logan fought as a soldier with a Michigan uh, regiment in the Battle of the First Bull Run, July 21st, 1861. After the war, he returns back home to Illinois, and he recruits the regiment for the 31st Illinois Regiment. It was named, um, and he was named the regiment's colonel. He now begins to make moves in strategic positions that he's going to start leading this Union army that's going to fight against the Confederate army so that they can set free the slaves. Here's what I've noticed about General Logan is he was a man that didn't necessarily seek the spotlight. He just wanted to seek the right spot. And whenever we want to seek the spotlight... Many times we're looking for, the, for the, the claim to fame. We're looking to be put on the stage. And instead of, it might not necessarily be the spotlight, but it's just the right spot. How many of y'all know that God will bless you more whenever you are in the right spot than whenever you're out of alignment where, where he would really want you to be? 
but you're just trying to be something else. This morning, I want to encourage us in the same theme of Memorial Day is to be those that are willing to lay our lives down, maybe not to the point of death, but I'm willing to lay my life down to serve something that's much bigger than myself. And so we want to punt the spotlight and we want to get the right spot in our life and see that Jesus would bless that. General Logan, he then fought in Belmont and then Fort Donaldson and then in Corinth and then in Vicksburg. He rose to the ranks of the major general of all the volunteers for the army. During the Atlanta campaign, he commanded um, the 15 Corps and he was wounded here in battle. Here's something else that I've realized is not only um, punting the spotlight but getting the right spot is this. It's possible in the midst of serving others that you will get wounded. How many of y'all have ever seen that before? I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to serve. I'm just trying to be a part of something. And here's a man that's on a mission to help to fight for a good cause, and I'm taking, some, I'm taking some ammunition. How many of y'all know sometimes you even take friendly fire from inside the camp? Maybe from family, from friends. Hey, I'm trying to stand up and fight for a Christian nation. I'm trying to stand up and fight for our family. I'm trying to stand up and, and fight for, for, for great ethics and integrity in our business. Or I'm, I'm willing to, to serve here at our, maybe it's even in our local church, and I didn't get noticed or seen or whatever, or maybe somebody even said something that just kind of dings me up. I realize that I'm not necessarily looking for the spotlight. I just want to be in the right spot. And even when I'm serving, I can still get wounded along the way. Here's a man that has done both. He was dinged, but not dead. And so Logan continues to serve. He temporarily was the commander of the army of Tennessee. He was replaced as the commander by Major General O.O. Howard. A decision was made by General uh, W.T. Sherman because Sherman's mistrust of political generals. He wasn't just seen as a regular general. He was part of the U.S. House of Representatives. He was a political general who maybe has a different take on the army. So he didn't, he didn't fully have his trust in General Logan. And so General Sherman makes this decision to pivot him out of leadership, not because of Logan's fighting abilities, but because he was a political general. The decision led to Logan um, to despise, therefore, professional soldiers. <laughs> we don't like political generals. Well, I don't like professional soldiers. And there was this frustration that he had toward one another. For the rest of his life, Logan had this, this weight that he carried. Logan, however, dutifully served under Sherman for the rest of the war until the surrender of the Confederate General Joseph E. Johnson in April 1865 in North Carolina. Many historians consider Logan the best of the Union Army's political generals. How about this? I'm serving, not in the spotlight, but just the right spot. As I'm serving, I get dinged. I'm potentially the greatest general, that political general that's ever been seen, and because of that, I get a demotion. Isn't it interesting that maybe you can do all the right things and still not come out on top? Perhaps God wasn't necessarily trying to get him on top. He was just trying to get him in the right spot. Maybe God was using him in bigger ways that's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on in your own life, but perhaps the storyteller of God is much bigger than the next promotion. 
Maybe the storyteller inside of God is bigger than just more comfort or just a fatter check or maybe just a life of ease. Perhaps the storyline of God is he's moving you strategically, and it could be some hard, bummer, crushing the ego sort of things to get you where he really wants you to go. I know that there's a tough message to hear, much easier said than done, as are all things. Much easier to say it than to actually do it. But can you begin to trust the storyline of God? God, I don't understand this. What is going on? Uh, why, why do I have to pivot here? Why do I have to go there? Why am I wounded and I'm walking wounded and I'm hurt and I'm trying to, to heal and to be a minister, but this thing just continues to happen to me? Can we just for a moment pause and just ask the Lord to shift our mindset? I will right now. Jesus, just shift my mindset. It's okay to be hidden. It's okay. It's okay to be hidden. Just keep serving. Just keep doing what he's called you to do. Focus on the call. Just focus on on being faithful at your post. More than than the promotion, just being faithful at your post. God may be up to something a little bit bigger than what you think. Following the Civil War, General Logan was instrumental in the founding of the Grand Army of the Republic, a veterans group compromised of former Union Army soldiers. Logan also returned to politics after the war, this time as a Republican, and he served in both the House and the Senate. He was the 1884 Republican ticket as the vice president with the presidential candidate James Blaine. It's a man that just won't give up. It's a man that just continues to stay in the race. It's a man that says, how can I continue to give back to my nation? It's a man that says, how can I give back to my family? Even whenever my kids aren't listening, (laughs) I'm just going to stay in here, okay? Even whenever it's been frustrating in marriage, I'm just going to stay. Even whenever I'm going to try to serve my church, oh man, this has been a bummer, but I'm going to stay. and I'm just going to keep working for the betterment of a cause that I believe in. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. We're going for, for president and vice president. Unfortunately, he didn't come in first place in that race. He wasn't picked to be the vice president. Logan died on December 26, the day after Christmas, 1886. And he's buried at the United States Soldiers and Airmen's Home National Cemetery in Washington, D.C., Logan had been impressed with how the South had honored the fallen Confederate soldiers for years. The Confederates were great at honoring those that labored in this war. And they would go and visit their their grave sites and these tombs, and they would decorate these tombs. They would honor those that laid their lives down. And in 1868, Logan, the head of a prominent veterans group, the Grand Army of the Republic, issued the proclamation that Decoration Day would be observed nationwide. The date chosen was May 30th, specifically because it was not on the anniversary of a battle. And so the very first Memorial Day was at Waterloo, New York. It's considered the official birthplace of Memorial Day because after it was observed there on May 5th, 1868, General Logan called on all communities to honor the dead, the war dead, every year. Still, many southern communities did not want to honor Decoration Day because of the lingering resentments from the Civil War. The alternative name was given was Memorial Day. 
It wasn't commonly used until World War II, and the federal law recognized it as a holiday, as Memorial Day in 1967. It's interesting that he put this Decoration Day into place, and our federal government didn't recognize it for 100 years until a national holiday. What if you've got a great idea that nobody else celebrates? (laughs) What if you've got an amazing idea like Decoration Day, like Memorial Day? And it's like, cool idea, bro. Um, What's up? What's next on the agenda? For nearly a century, from 1868 to 1967, it wasn't a national holiday. I just want to encourage you with this. You might be dinged, you might be damaged, you might be forgotten, you might not be on the the stage or the spotlight, you might be hidden behind the scenes and serving, you might have great ideas that nobody's really up for. I don't know what it is, but can you hang in the game, resolved, knowing that God has called you for something, that God has said, hey, you're here for such a time as this, and it's not at such a time for that. It's for such a time as this. For whatever I've called you to, just be faithful to walk this thing out. Seriously, let's, let's, let's negotiate. God, this is what's going on in my life right now. Oh, I don't get it. I don't understand. This hurts. But God, I'm going to trust the beautiful storyteller of God that you're telling a much better story than the one that I can try to prefab up in my mind. You've got this. And so I'm going to lean in with high levels of trust, God, that you're good and that you're faithful and you're going to walk this thing out for me. It may not look like success right now. It looks like a lot of pain. But God, I'm going to lean in and believe that you're good. There were sentiments that women that were going out to decorate these tombs, to celebrate these fallen soldiers, was this. This day is intended to stir us to grateful recall of those who have given themselves, shed their blood, and laid down their lives in military battle for the cause of freedom in our land. Here's the deal. Some people can give their lives and some people can make a donation. If I asked you this, if you had breakfast and you had ham and eggs, which one gave more to the breakfast, the pig or the chicken? Right? The chicken made a donation, but the pig gave his life. And here's the deal is we live in a nation where we're probably making donations and serving back, but trust me, there have been some legit do- uh, 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 giving of lives, of laying down their lives so you and I can enjoy what we have. I'm, I'm thinking that there's, there's people in our church history who have laid down their lives, their time, their talent, their treasures in order for us to enjoy what we have here today. We need to move our hearts into places of deep gratitude and thanksgiving. Probably about everything that you're able to enjoy today is because somebody else has paid the price to set you up to enjoy what you're enjoying. There is something about being someone who is really good at the assist more than just the scoring. There's success in the assist. There's something about setting someone else up to score. Tony Kukoc said this. He played for the Chicago Bulls. He said, to score makes one happy, to assist makes two happy. On the Apollo 11, the Apollo 11 went up, and when the Apollo 11 went up, there were massive amounts of attention. I mean, America, there was the race for the moon. Do y'all remember this? 
U.S. Was, was anybody around there? You remember Apollo 11, the race to the moon for this. Um, and yeah, we got some, some nodding of the heads out there. And there's the race to the moon. And the two players that stand out the most was, was Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldridge. And these were the two men that set foot upon the moon. These were the guys that got the most uh, claim and a fame. These were the guys that got the spotlight put upon them. But did you know there was a third person on that mission? Michael Collins was the third man on the mission. He was the pilot that piloted the mission. He's the man in the middle. He's the one that brought this whole thing together. And had it not been for him, we wouldn't know who these other two guys are. But for the most part, Michael Collins has lived in the shadows while other people took center stage in the spotlight. How it went down was when they landed on the moon with Michael Collins at the helm. They landed, and Neil Armstrong gets out. And he has the great phrase, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And and he walked around on the moon for 19 minutes. And then Buzz Aldridge, he comes out and he walks around and for two hours and 45 minutes, they study and do research and take samples and do all this sort of stuff. Michael Collins does something like 26 laps around the moon while they're doing this thing. And he's just up there by himself, just orbiting and just waiting for his time to come back and pick up these other two American heroes. They come back to the earth. Everybody celebrates this moment. It's a big deal. And he sits in a press conference, and he easily could have played the victim. Yeah, I went up there, and while Buzz and Woody were out... (laughs) Not Buzz and Woody. (laughs) I think I missed my stories up. Buzz and Neil. Is that right? I wasn't alive then. I'm just asking. Buzz and Neil was there. Woody didn't make it to the next round. I think. What were we talking about? <laughs> he could have. He could have been in his, in his moment of the media attention. What, what, was, it, what was it like to, to go to the moon? He could have said, well, I, I, didn't, I never stepped foot on the moon. And I, I wasn't the guy. And I was just, everybody else did it. And I, I was there. But I, did, I got close but never fully tasted it. He didn't. His response was, I'm just so grateful that I got a seat on Apollo 13. You see, there's a perspective that we can have, and we can say, I'm willing to lay my life down to set someone up. I mean, talk about the ultimate assist. I mean, this guy did whatever he could to assist others to go get the job done. And I just want to call on all of us to to have this sacrificial to serve, to sacrifice, and to assist. There's success in the assist. And this is the ultimate assist that we have ever seen. Somebody that's willing to Uber two other people to the moon and not get a whole lot of credit for it. Michael Collins, what if he becomes more of a celebrity because of the assist? It's those that are willing to serve and to prop up another. It's those that are willing to lay their lives down so that generations after them can enjoy the benefits of their sacrifice. There's just something to it. It's like there's just the secret sauce of service. And when you pour in the secret sauce of service, just that meal gets way more savory and way more meaningful. And so we want to be those that are willing to lay our lives down. Bright lights 
don't need spotlights. And just focus on being a bright light wherever you go. A bright light can get drowned out by a spotlight. And so just be the bright light. Bright lights know who they are. They don't need more light. Because they know who they are, they're able to then shine on others. Have you ever been to a theater and you watch somebody and there's this one person up on the stage and they've got the spotlight and the spotlight is on them? But after the show is over, they might say, you know, bring up the lights. And then all of the lights come on and you realize there were dozens of people behind the scenes propping up this one person. Also, you see hundreds of people sitting out there that were engaging with this show that also helped make it happen. This is a call. All bright lights, it's time to rise. It's time for all of the bright lights to arise, not worry about the spotlight, but for us to bring our best light. Not to look for the spotlight, just look for the right spot and to be willing to serve. Even if I get hurt along the way, I'm going to continue to serve along the way. And even if I'm forgotten about, For 100 years, at least I was the one that brought one of the coolest holidays to a nation to remember. Let's take our minds back to think about sacrifices that really do matter. Come on, this is a call. All bright lights, let's shine on others. And here's the other thing about about a theater. When all of those lights come on and you see the people behind the stage... The beauty of what goes on at a theater or any sort of a show or production is when you're not seen and not noticed, potentially is when you're most successful. For example, the sound guy misses his moment, you'll notice. Whenever the curtain doesn't quite pull all the way, you're backstage, but you didn't fully max out your moment. Then we notice, and the costume change, and the, and the music doesn't go. The beauty is whenever you're behind the scenes and you don't even know, it's like we didn't even realize that they were back there. They just shined in the secret place. They shined in these moments. Can I just tell you a few places where we can shine in church? A great secret place is a place of prayer, where you may not be the person up here. You may not be praying the sinner's prayer with people and repentance and turning their life. You may not be in the school. You may not be in on that board. I don't know wherever you may not be where you're seen, but maybe you're in that secret place just crying out to the Lord. God, I want to go for the ultimate assist here. God, I just want to set others up. I'm not looking for the spotlight. I'm actually looking for the carpet. God, I'm not seeking the pulpit. I'm seeking the carpet and get my face down deep. I want to, I want to bow and bend for you. Maybe it's just in serving in places. Maybe you're going to respond to this call out and you're going to say, God, I want to serve these kids in this next generation. I'm going to be totally hidden down in the basement where nobody even knows what's going on, but God, I'm going to serve a bunch of eight-year-olds. God, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to seek the right spot right now, Lord. I don't know what those things are, but I know this, that we live in a nation that's all about serving, sacrificing the assist, and that's why we have success. So come on, church, let's buy in to General Logan A. What's his last name? John A. Logan. Let's buy in. Let's buy in to who he is, to what he's called, and say, God, it is okay. It's okay to not be noticed because maybe that's when I'm most successful. It's okay to take an ax to my ego. Just let me serve. 
I'll serve in the secret. I'll serve in the hidden. Somebody that I was thinking about this, this week is Nancy Huff. Nancy Huff served, golly, how many years did she serve here? Years and years and years in our children's ministry. She served alongside Carolyn Lowe in our children's ministry. And Nancy gave me one of Dr. Huff's ties, a USA tie that I would always wear either on the 4th of July or Memorial Day. I looked like crazy for that tie. I couldn't find it. But I thought of her and how she was faithful to serve and what she did to move my heart to serve. There's just something powerful about those that are willing to lay their lives down. The Bible would say it this way in John 15. There is no greater love than a man who is willing to lay his life down for his friends. There's sacrificial love and life that God is saying, come on, you will find your life when you lose it. But if you're trying to save your little life, you won't find it. You'll lose it. What does it matter to a man if he gains the whole world, but then he loses it all and loses his soul? There's a call out for more. You know, there's stories of Uvalde, Texas, where this shooting went down. The school shooting that took place there and how teachers tried to protect these children, even to the point of their own lives. They're willing to lay their lives down for children, fourth grade class, nine and ten-year-olds. Two teachers were killed in this attack. This uh, Deuteronomy 6.18 is a Bible verse that a girl from Uvalde, Texas, she was going to read this verse at church this Sunday. And here's the Bible verse that she was going to read this morning. Deuteronomy 6.18. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it will go well with you. And you may go in and take over the good land that the Lord promised an oath to your ancestors. Come on, church, let's do good. And let's do what is right so that we can possess a good land that the Lord has saved up for us. Let's serve. Let's sacrifice. Let's assist. Let's prop up others so that we can shine like Jesus has called us to shine. The French diplomat Alexis de Tocqueville, he said this, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And so the call is let's make America good again. Let's make our church family good by serving, sacrificing, and assisting and seeing the glory of God shine through the sacrifice. Amen. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for an amazing nation. God, we thank you for unbelievable examples in our nation's history to lay our lives down and to punt the comforts, but to go hard after sacrifice. God, I pray that our church would be constantly marked by those that serve, that, that, that when we have signups, that they're filled up immediately with people that are eager to serve. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to serve someone else. 
I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. Lord, I pray that we would find success in the assist to many others around. And God, I pray that we would be great because we are good. Lord, we pray that you would shine your face upon our nation. And bless God, America. And God bless America. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.